0: All right.
1: Welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. On today's episode is the latest in our monthly series where we look at Thistle's relationship with other clubs in the Championship. This month we are going to look at Wraith Rovers, joining me to do so, David Forrest. David, how are you?
2: I'm, I'm doing well. Um, always a delight to have our guest on um, and looking forward to talking about what always just seems to be really boring and like draws and like days in the rain and stuff like that but you know what it's very therapeutic so
1: we go we, we move <laughs> and joining us to chat from a, a Wraith point of view is the Terracey Sean McGwigan. Sean thanks very much for joining us how are you doing? Uh, no worries at all thanks for having me I'm very well I'm very well thank you. Uh, I just want to start by asking you about what you think about when Wraith are playing Thistle what do you look forward to what do you look forward to in a, in a trip down to Maryhill? So, so it's weird. I don't. Uh, maybe um,
0: maybe maybe it's maybe it's a one-way thing. But I I don't think there's very much beef between Partick Thistle and Wraith Rovers. I think sometimes we are like kind of ships that pass in the night a wee bit. I mean, obviously you spent a long time in the top tier. We've been doing that for a long time. I think to a degree we're both yo-yo clubs, but Partick Thistle strings a bit longer. So that like you kind of go from being mediocre in the top flight to terrible and we go for being mediocre in the second tier to, to terrible so quite a lot of the times we avoid each other so like, i enjoy it like I, I do i enjoy going to mary hill i would say that Fur Hill is one of my fondest afternoons as a wraith fan although they didn't actually involve partick thistle and i think games i think a game between partick thistle and wraith has had one of my favorite goals that wraith have ever conceded and it's also featured one of the strangest chants I've ever heard. I have never heard it before, and I've never heard it since. So certainly, there's been there's been interesting elements, but I don't like. I don't think. Oh, Patrick Thistle this weekend. I'd love to beat them. I hate them. Like, I'd, like there's, there doesn't seem to be any of that between Patrick Thistle and Raith Rovers for some reason. Well, I mean, that's because i have never really. Like, I don't think we've ever went for like a title at the same time. I don't think. I can't remember us maybe trying to avoid relegation at the same time. Maybe in the top flight actually, but you're going back to the 90s. So. We've kind of avoided that direct competition. So I, I, I do enjoy a game against Patrick, but it doesn't really have that, that level of friction that it might have against, I don't know, Dunfermline or Falkirk or whatever, even a United to a degree. Uh, but that's because against air, we've went from multiple titles and been kind of neck and neck with relegation. So there's maybe a wee bit more friction with air. Does it be that way with Thistle?
1: Yep, no, I think that's a fair fair reflection. We'll definitely come back to those goals and chance a bit later. Um, David are you looking forward to a trip up to accordy on friday what do you look forward to when you when we travel up there
2: i do i do enjoy a, a trip to accordie um the pub uh around the corner from the ground which is basically someone's living room um with like a drink license that's always is it good penny? To take it. the
0: penny it, yeah penny <laughs> yeah it's like because the, the lounge but well, like, it's it's the lounge which is to the right it's got like a television basically and then if you when you walk straight in it's like really long and narrow. So it's like, well, but it hasn't been decorated since, well, all the time I've been going. And I've been going for maybe 28 years. So <laughs> it's like, it's like walking into your grand's hall. Uh, but I, I know, I know I'm not putting it in a good light, but it's class. Like when I go down to High Street, I make a point of going to the Penny Farthing. It's class.
2: I, I agree. <clears throat> it is class. You cannot get served. I mean, I remember that last day of the season last year like we turned up and it was so bad that like we waited so long that we went to the Duchess down the oh, yeah. road I, I i love that pub the Duchess is fantastic good foods all that it's just a great place to be in and we got a pint in the Duchess before Kieran who was with us got a pint <laughs> in the penny but that was how long the queue was so yeah um real yin and yang stuff uh, between the two pubs but uh, there's was, there was plenty to plenty to enjoy with that although i do need to ask see when you get past the Duchess, there's not not really that much else is there um like when we we went afterwards and we we struggled to find anything going towards the bus station so um but certainly the Duchess and the penny father are fantastic places and Park park's a great place it's sort of a Sabutio stadium but you know but with different stands and stuff like that it's on a weird hill it's yeah i i do enjoy it
1: i think stark's park's a wee bit similar to for hill where it's kept its main stand and become a bit of a a lego stadium around its its sort of old-fashioned main stand um sean david's a fish and chip enthusiast where where should he go on on friday for his dinner oh
0: well now it's probably the best chippy in kirkody's valentis but that's a wee bit away so I, i don't know if I don't know if this is a thing in other towns and cities, but you know how if you drive into a town and there'll be handy road signs that tell you where to go to like places of interest. So maybe yep. football traffic or <laughs> museum or art gallery. There is literally road signs that point you towards Valenti. <laughs> I, I don't know I don't know if that's another thing. I don't think it is another thing in other towns, but it is a Kakoli, but that's that's a wee bit of If you're driving in then keep your eyes open because you will see road signs that, that point you in the direction of the lenties. Uh I there is one to be fair, there's one near the there's one near the penny that's okay. But like a, a chippy isn't really my takeaway of choice. So I'm pulling on an expert when it comes to chippies. But there is, if you're going to uh if you're going to the penny, there is literally one between the penny and the duchess. So that feels like a a sensible place to go. Excellent. David, you can Just report, wait report me. back next week. Uh,
2: I was going to say, just wait for me like getting the, the Manpreet Express to like jackknife on the road, trying to stop it as it to turn into Valentis.
1: <laughs> uh, we'll go on to chat a bit, a bit about football then. We're going to t- chat, as we have done in each one of these episodes, about good games and bad games between the two teams, and then players who have played for both teams. So we'll start with a good game from a, a Wraith Rovers point of view. Sean, what is your, your favourite game that Wraith have played against? This all that you've, you've been to, I remember. I actually found was a wee bit of a struggle because I think for a, a, a good chunk of the time
0: that we did share a division, I was working weekends. So I've only really been, so like probably between the ages of, I don't know, kind of seven to 20, I went every week home and away. But then I started working weekends. So there's a, a fair chunk of Wraith party games that might have been great from a Wraith persuasion that I, I didn't make. And there's been a few recently that that have that have that have been okay league-wise. There was a we went 3-0 up and then and the, the, remember that, that phase where we just conceded late goals? You almost got it back to 3-3. Like that was quite a good laugh. But in terms of a recent one, <clears throat> I, I appreciate it's not like the biggest game, but it was just like a weird game in terms of things going on at the back of your head, like how the world was at the time. But see the Valentine's Day Challenge yeah. Cup semi-final at Fur Hill, Wraith won 2-1. And I know that seems like a weird pick, like as a Challenge Cup. So like, who cares? But it was just the Rovers took like a really, really big support. I came through after my work, I had quite a bit to drink on the train in between Edinburgh and Glasgow. It felt like part of the like part of the Western fans didn't really, like, weren't they really that interested? The Rovers were going through. There was already this kind of kind of groundswell of momentum in terms of they're doing very well in League One, kind of neck and neck between themselves and. Falkirk felt like a good opportunity to prove themselves against a championship team albeit one that wasn't doing very well at the time but it was kind of like the crowd reaction so never mind the performance on the pitch which pretty decent remember Reagan Henry scored an exceptional goal he was such a popular player at Starts Park at the time the fact that he scored a brilliant goal kind of raised everything like it just got everybody more excited the fact that he scored such a good goal but there was like there was a a, a weird, unnecessary pitch invasion that made me laugh. at That's I think it was the second goal at Reagan Henry's and then it was a half-time interval. So I'd went for <laughs> I'd went to get a pie or something because I hadn't had I hadn't had any dinner, and then I was just kind of went through into the the concourse and was just I was just met by chaos. Like there was I don't know a hundred young boys banging drums and on each other's shoulders and letting off smoke bombs. And like, I know, I know that's not everybody's cup of tea. And I'm from a selfish point of view, like I didn't have asthma. None of them have ever landed on my jacket and burnt a hole in it. I I wasn't taking a young child who was scared to the toilet. So I, I didn't really have those things that are quite a negative connotation around uh, flares and things like that. But I just kind of stood and watched and thought it was class, while admittedly absolutely blithered. Uh But it was just, and all this was kind of, like, I don't know if you kind of felt the same, but we kind of knew that something was coming in terms of COVID. So we didn't know how long we had left to enjoy opportunities like this, kind of all being together, going to the football. I know at the time we probably thought, oh, well, might, we might not have football for a few weeks. It turned out, <laughs> turned out we didn't have it for quite a while. But that was just, in terms of games I've been at, there might be better ones, I'm sure. but We, we beat us 4-0 at the start of the season back in 2010. Baird scored the hat-trick. I wasn't at that game, though. But in terms of... In terms of more recent games, that was one that stuck out as being a, a weird time, and was just a good laugh. And it was the last, I suppose, it was the last time for a lot of, or well, certainly for everybody in that Wraith Rover support, it was probably the last time we got to enjoy a game for whatever it was—18 months, two years. So I, I picked that
1: one. Uh, David, do you want to play everybody's favourite game? Could you guess the three subs that we brought on that night? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um,
2: well, I, I was going to say this was a, a very notable game because, good God, the dice rolls we done on this game. Um, Mitch Austin came on, didn't he?
1: Oh, he sure did. That's one of the three <laughs> Twitch streamer Mitch Austin. Yep.
2: Um, Lewis Mansell came on as well.
1: Correct. And he Championship missed... Team of the Year, Lewis Mansell.
2: Yeah, exactly. And oh, oh, who was utter dog shit?
1: Um, he was mentioned before we started recording.
2: Oh, Christ, uh, I can't remember two minutes ago, never mind 20 minutes. Um, uh... I'll put you out your
1: misery, it's uh, Tommy Robson. That Sorry. that was our three subs, um, all when we were behind in the game. And Mansell actually scored the goal, but I, my sort of takeaway memory of that is plain rubbish and then sort of coming away a bit annoyed because I think for the last 10 minutes, after we got the the, the goal back to make it 2-1, we were right on top. And I think Mitch Johnson yeah. had a, a really good chance to cut it back to Brian Graham. And he went for a goal himself. And I remember Brian Graham going going mental at him. But yeah, that was one where I don't think we were really up for it. We were going through a bit of a, a tough time. We just brought a lot of players in, in in January and getting out of the the relegation zone and the league was really the, the the focus. Do you have any other memories of that night, David?
2: Oh Christ, yes. Um, I um Yeah, I remember that last ten minutes. Just the one of the oddest feelings. In the in the stand of, I mean, Mitch Austin is like a mythic. In Magic the Gathering terms, he's a mythic rare foil that you know promo card that you just never see. Is like I, if you ever saw him play, pro, uh, proper collector's value um, there. So when he came on, the entire stand was like, Lewis Mansell has scored. The world is our oyster. Why can't Mitch Austin score a hat trick here? And the proper just. Uh, Sorry, Mansell and Austin both just firing on one cylinder each. Um, Just, you know, it's such a madcap time. But I also remember this because, as you said, it was Valentine's Day. Now, I never thought I'd have a worse Valentine's Day than the time Gillian Miller publicly uh, rejected me in high school. I'm not better. (laughs) Hi, Gillian. However, this was a really bad game. Apart, and it was like we came out. I'd seen Mitch Austin like in, like in, in real life in front of me. Um, it was a life, life-changing moment. I got on a bus, and a man was drunk, and was sick on the bus, and the smell was so bad they had to evacuate the bus. Can you fathom how bad that was? I don't need to fathom it. I was there. I lived it. I oh Christ knows. Um but um I, I didn't want to ask. He was not in any state for any further questioning, let's be honest. Um and oh my god, I can still smell it. It was honestly like it is like above it like it is worse than the the trip home from Dingwall for me. Like in terms of getting back after I get it was so bad. I um so yeah, um, zero out of ten Matt on this game, um <laughs> would like to forget. And also this is like during the Rafe Rovers Holy Roman Empire style reign over the Challenge Cup, isn't it? I mean, from you know, from century to century, Rafe Rovers just keep winning the fucking thing. Well, so.
0: well, well, that's just that. I should probably have mentioned that this game won us, although it was the semi-final, it won us half a cup because they never played the final, so we just we just shared it. So what are we on now? Like I don't know, three and a half cups or something. But this was this won us the half.
2: If, a, if you become an eccentric millionaire would you would, I, would you get them to play the cup final just you know let, let's just play it see who won it or are you keeping the ass
0: so, well, to want to see when football started again I thought we could have had like the essentially like Scottish football's terrible equivalent to the Chariot Shield and just opened the season with the previous season's challenge cup final between Inverness and Wraith but never it never happened but bear in mind we were still experiencing the Hex so actually, thank goodness I never played the final because I just would have lost it anyway. If we, if we played it now, that's fine. We would beat them now. Uh, then we would have just got beat. So thank goodness I never played it. I'll take a half.
1: Is that, is that a tournament that you think you grow, grow fonder of the more you win it? Do you take it? Do you think you look at it more seriously than other fans because you've, you've won it a few times?
0: Uh, I, I don't know. Because like, bearing in mind, so whatever year it was 2014 that we beat Rangers. So see, once you've done like once you've done that, yeah. Once you've done that, you, you've completed the Challenge Cup, so you're never gonna you're never gonna do that again. But I I, I think it's just I, I think wraith rovers treat like every other football fan that you don't really care until the semis, and then once you get the semis, it's just, like the final's a good do, like it's a good laugh. You will get to go someplace, you get to drink from eleven o'clock in the morning. It's a good do, and you might see your team lift some silverware at the end of it. So it's only again, I still think it's only really at that point that we. That we pay any attention
1: to it. Yeah. Um, David, what game have you picked um from Thistle Red Rovers Past?
0: So I picked the 1 0 in the fog. I think it's a little <laughs> mix. So, so I, I may have picked this for a later category.
2: <laughs> I I think this is in my top three Thistle games of all time. It is utter nonsense, right? I honestly, um I I think I seen Stuart Bannigan for four minutes in this game like i I think that's a conservative high estimate because every basically do you ever you you, you might be a bit too young for this matt do you remember uh sean silent hill for the playstation yes yep yep um the whole thing with that was is that (laughs) they 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 basically they couldn't load the whole game so the whole thing was it was a wee square of the map and then (laughs) fog around everything and the whole idea is that it would just load the villain out of the fog at you and that was the whole thing and that it was a bit it was a great this is this is the closest you know we've got to silent hill just stuart Bannigan loading on a ps1 out of the fog to like you know get you know give away a ball and then just descend back into the fog again i it it was also one of my favorite chants of um instead of i want to be mccall i want to see the ball which I thought was fantastic, and I rem I I, I remember just like th- there was a good f- five ten minutes near the end where no one could see anything, mm-hmm. and everyone was completely completely blind, and we're all just sitting there, but we didn't leave because like it's quite funny if we score, like it, it would be quite funny, and like it, it, it sort of it was really, it, it, like I'm, I'm going to put I'm going for a Doctor Who reference here for you, Matt, right? It's, you know how, in, obviously, I've been watching Hartnell Doctor Who's, right? And you know how they have, like, no budget, right? They basically, it's a room and with a set, and they have no budget to do basically anything out of that. So what they'll do every so often is they'll go, look out the window, look at that monster, and they'll never show the monster. But it's kind of left your own imagination to kind of imagine what what horrendous hell beast Doctor Who and his pals are looking at, right? It felt like that, and it it could like Istanbul five could be happening, and we wouldn't know because we can't see it, right? A complete mystery. It could be the greatest game of football, and no one knew, right? And um, the, my my favorite bit of it is when we scored the goal, right? Because people cheered, and we didn't know why. We thought, oh, we got a penalty or a corner or something like that. And then through the UEFA, our our scoreboard <laughs> that we got from UEFA when they promised a big news. Big huge affair with pictures and videos, and, all, and it was just this wee shitty one that says one and usually nil against us, right? And they just went from nil to one through the mist, and the entire stand lost its mind. It's I'll n- you'll never beat it. It's honestly one of the, the most absurdest and just existentialist experiences I've ever had at Far Hill, and nothing will ever come close to it. Top three.
1: I'm with you, dude. I was in the, the big end of the Jackie Husband stand, so I think I was maybe one of maybe one or two hundred people who actually saw the goal go in. And I remember seeing the like, the pictures from the other end of the ground of like Jamie Snedden almost like being a messenger and letting the fans know that they'd actually scored a goal. And no, I agree with you. It was so wild that it would be my top three games like, for him as well. Uh, Sean, what are, what are your memories of it? I, I have this as my least favourite.
0: To uh, <laughs> so see, like, see even just going into it. So we were something like, it was quite silly. was we were so, like 14 or 15 games unbeaten. And we're starting to think, well, you know something maybe we could maybe we could do something at the top end of the table. There are a lot of draws to be fair. Like, maybe we could do something at the top end of the table. And then I was a wee bit worried, because bear in mind like COVID, like COVID was still a thing, although it was now relaxed, COVID was still a thing. And I knew that the rovers had the previous week all went down to Liverpool for a, a Christmas night out. And I was like, hmm, is that is that the most sensible thing to do? Being I mean there's like restrictions and stuff. Uh, I believe they had a big they had a big stromash with the Falkirk team uh, that night as well. But that, that didn't seem to get out. But anyway, regardless, when I seen the team sheet, there was like, so Ethan Varian, who was never a goal scorer, but led the line quite well. He was nowhere to be seen. Matt Poplatnik was nowhere to be seen. Tom Lang at centre-half was nowhere to be seen. There was somebody else. There was a fourth player that was involved most weeks. It just wasn't in the squad. And it was funny because like even after the game, nothing was mentioned about it basically they've been allowed to go to Liverpool when everybody came back with COVID. <laughs> so when you see the team sheet, you're like, this doesn't, this doesn't feel great. Uh, I think Kieran Mitchell maybe led the line for us that day too, was just a young boy. So as the games, I'd, I'd went into it being reasonably positive, I think we could get three points and keep keep it run going. And when I seen the, st- the start lineup, I was I was very worried. And as much as Patrick Thistle were the like the better team certainly first half, better chances, more of the game. I thought we'd done okay. Uh, How did you like know? The, I, I didn't think the fog was quite as bad at this point. But then do you remember Christoph Berra got sent off after an hour?
1: I only just remembered that five minutes ago when I opened you're up the, probably, you're the gonna slag see it, to be yep. fair. Christoph
0: Berra <laughs> got sent off. I'm going to say debatably, to be fair, I haven't watched it back in the last uh, in the last day or two. I didn't think there was a lot in it. But regardless, uh, at that point, it was it was very much backs to the wall. But then, like you're right, Like, see the last 20 minutes, you couldn't see anything. You were entirely reliant on, so if something had happened, like on the kind of far touch line, you were kind of reliant on how that sounded in terms of the crowd reaction to know what had happened. So if it went for a throw-in. Like, you know how there's like, crowds make certain noises that you know that something has happened. So if it's, if it won a corner, if it won a throw-in, if an opposing player has taken a throw-in from the, the incorrect place, there's certain noises that crowds make. You were kind of relying on that to know what was going on, but then it was we kind of thought we'd got out of it. So it was like 96 minute, I think, when Kyle Turner scored. And it was afterwards, it, it, it was what had happened right at full time, which felt all very unnecessary because I'd never really been again. I'd never think you'd been any aggro, but then Richard Foster squared up to Greg Young, and Greg Young was like 17, so that was a weird thing to do. Uh, then Zach Rudden came over to the Rover supporters and and started like cupping his ears. I was like, oh, I don't. He's getting on my nerves. And then Ian McCall come over and started doing a, a thing with his hat. And I like, like, I don't really swear that much. So I've, I've still never sworn in front of my mum, right? Never sworn in front of my mum. Don't swear that much at all. I was standing next to, I think I was in between Andy Harrow's mum and Andy Harrow watching this game. Because uh, his mum's an over supporter, and I I'd, I'd absolutely lost the run of myself, and I was—I think I was telling Ian McCall to get himself to fuck your fucking prick. And then there was that whole thing where you feel really quite sheepish about the fact that you've allowed yourself to like things to get away from you, <laughs> and realise that you've just like done three swear words in front of your pal's mum. So I felt quite bad about myself, but it was a, a hugely a hugely annoying game, from what I could see.
1: David, this was in the the midst, of, it was the game after we lost our clean, our record clean sheet run. But we kept another clean sheet here over the, the back four of Foster, Holt, Mayo and and Peak, Akinola at that point. What are your memories of that little run? I think we'd lost to broth 2-0 the week before, but before that, I think we'd kept eight clean sheets in a row.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, that run was absolutely incredible. Uh, uh, much, like, much like Rafe, there was quite a few quite bitty draws in there that weren't really that fun to watch. But um I mean I think this season by by like March or something like that, I think we were like third in the UK for like defensive records behind like Man City and Liverpool on like some mental stat of just yeah, we are we are up there with Man City and Liverpool in terms of defence. I Tunja it was absolutely untouchable at this point. I absolutely loved him you know, Holt would be so instrumental for us. And Mayo, I mean, Mayo had been good for us in his first one spell, but he came back and he just, it was just such a great player. And the three of them together, they could interchange, they could play in different positions and they were just, so, it was just so much fun to watch. And Richard Foster was there as well. So, you know, Um <laughs> I, I, I feel harsh. I quite like Richard Foster, but, but I mean, he very much, he wasn't even the weak link, he just he wasn't Holt, Mayo or Akinola. However, to this day I do still sing Tunji Holt, Foz and Mayo to the tune of rock and all over the world
1: doing the player for hill. So, you know, fun memories. I think you're right about the defensive record, David, until about March we were we were right up there. And then there was a four day period where we lost four one at East End Park and Hamilton beat us four 0 at Farhill and all of a sudden we weren't up there anymore and, and that was very thistly. <laughs> Uh, Sean, before we go on to another game, I want to ask you about Dario Zanata. He played in this game, and he was a an ex Jagged left us at the the end of the season that was curtailed by COVID. What was he like in a rover shot Because he, he did a couple of spells with you. He
0: so certainly in League One, I thought it was very good. Uh, <clears throat> weird. So if I remember correctly, he was done very well for us in, in League One until about uh, Christmas, and we had I think who. What game we had coming up? It was quite a big game in League One, so maybe against the United they might have been that season. And Craig Levine, he didn't recall him for a game because I don't think the Premiership had any games, but he basically recalled him to take on like a Spanish training camp, which is quite irritating. So we we didn't have him for that. He came back, it wasn't quite the same player. That must be that must be the Levine effect. Uh, but when he eventually came back to us in the Championship, there's a lot of Rovers fans saying, well. Uh, he was not starting the last time, and that wasn't true. He, he was pretty good uh, for that first kind of five months or so. But he essentially repeated it again in the Championship. So, between, I don't know, July and December, maybe. I mean, he was brilliant. So, the amount of games that he won by getting the ball out wide on the left, cutting inside, and then scoring for 25 yards I mean, that's kind of, <laughs> kind of really sniff at that. I mean, that, we maybe won five or six games by him doing that. And actually, we went on such a bad run on the back of that Paddock Thistle game. As much as Rovers fans were glad to see the back of him, I was, he was a passenger for the second half of the season. Well, yes, you're right, he didn't play very well, but we lost 15 games in a row or whatever it was. So I don't think all of that was his fault. And actually, if it hadn't been for his goals at the start of the season, we probably would have been in relegation trouble at, come the end of the season. So I'd, I still... I suppose take more of a glass half full aspect to Dario was than most Ray fans, but he was a uh, an enigma, I suppose you would you would call. It. And he, he had let's face it, hasn't done very
1: much since. Kind of sums up, it probably sums up his his career. Yeah, I think Derry fans would say much of the same. he had a, a really good start for us, and then yeah, passenger for a lot of his this the latter stage of his career. And he was he was in a bad team as well. He was in the the late Caldwell McCall team. Um. David, what is your game that you've picked that was not favourable from a Thistle point of view?
2: The, the 3-0 from September 2022 mm-hmm. um, at Starks Park. I mean, the game for me, I always remember it for two things. I always remember this was sort of... We we had kind of found ourselves again as a fan base and sort of end of 2021 2022, going into the 22 season... People were a bit more united and, uh, um, you know, there was a more of a sense of community and people were more vocal. You know, it was a lot more lively than it had been in a long, long time um, at Thistle. And this is the game I remember where we played so bad, we didn't even boo. We just we just didn't do it. Like We, we just didn't say anything. And that was when I was like, Oh, what's going on here? Because, like, everyone loves a boo. Who amongst us has not booed a player from time to time? It is, it, it is It heals the soul to boo your shite players, right? However, we didn't even boo. Some people left. Some people, they just they were silent. They couldn't even be asked to boo them. And that was a real, real bad one. The other uh, thing I remember from this, Anton Dowd's missing the sitter of all sitters where he was cleaning through and goal and then remembered they had legs and went ah, and then <laughs> I contrived to miss this I I mean we used it at the start of the pod once where you didn't go to this game Matt and we got you to
0: watch a highlight and you just I might actually I'm going to stick it in now Have you uh <laughs> Watch the highlights, Matt. Uh, no. I, not, not. You, you haven't seen the moment then.
1: No, I'm going to purely ask questions. Uh, more didn't need to watch the highlights. Oh, I just going to ask you how I, you, need you need to see the doubts moment, Matt. You can I agree. Why they were so raging. Let me quick refine these. All right, so these are eight minutes highlights, so I've got about three minutes in. Honestly,
0: I, I don't usually lose the individual players, but i was so raging at doubts for that.
1: there right, I've just seen the second goal. I, I think that's it was already. Like, what have you seen the second goal yeah it's atrocious yeah, it? that's not good at all
2: speaking of things that are not good
0: wait have you seen it or are you seen the second goals already
1: no it's Six. good uh, I've uh, oh <sighs>
2: <laughs> yeah that pretty it much sums up there. this
1: mm-hmm. setup, uh, for me fucking hell yeah <laughs> I can't I, I can't remember why I didn't go to this game it was only a few I missed the
2: season I can, why, can remember why
1: why didn't I go
2: you slept in for your train <laughs>
1: no, no. No, no. My ma- my you went won up, a watch, no. an absolute Rolex of yeah. a watch. Uh, my mum went up and she left at half time, So that, that sort of said it all. I do remember watching the Anton Douds as well. Um, Sean, what are your memories of this one? What, was your, what are your memories of the sort of early Ian Murray days compared to where you are just now?
0: So the thing is about this game, I, I can't remember why I had to buy it or why I had to get it kind of, altered I should say but I had to buy a suit for some reason and I'd went so I'd left my work during the week and I went to get it to buy a suit and it didn't quite fit I can't remember what didn't quite fit properly but I had to get it altered and let's say that was a Wednesday and I was like right so like come back maybe Thursday or Friday oh no I'm afraid it'll no be ready till the Saturday and I was like oh right what uh what kind of time So <laughs> like oh maybe kind of Early afternoon, I was like, "All oh, right, okay." So I had to go to Edinburgh, pick up the suit, try it on to make sure it fitted. But then by the time I would arranged to get picked up, so I didn't actually get back to Kirkcaldy. So I had a season ticket, so I was I'm still going to go, even if I'm going to get get there really late. Had to, I was so late, I had to actually chap on one of the big doors to to like get in. Like, like the the turnstiles were already gubbed. So I had to get the, the kind of big door open for me. By the time I, I kind of ran past the queue for the 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 pie stall, up the stairs, there was roar Aurora got let out, and it was we'd wraith Rovers that got a penalty. So that was essentially the last couple of minutes of the first half. And Kyle Connell, uh, a player who uh is, is is not proving his worth at Cove Rangers, uh, unsurprisingly this season, was taking the penalty, and that put us 3 0 oh up. And so, essentially, I saw the second half where very, very little happened. So that's my memories of of that game.
1: How far do you think you've you've progressed under Murray then? Because um, you're you're having a really good season this season. It was from the outside looking at a season of transition last season. I don't know if you'd agree with that. What, what How would you sum up the progress Murray's made since then?
0: So I, I liked I liked Murray last season as well. I think most Rovers fans thought that but maybe not overwhelmingly. I, I don't think he'd been left a particularly great hand for McGlynn. I think a lot of the, the players at McGlynn had signed, not just maybe wondering what we needed, but also they were on really high contracts. So I think the I think the budget that he had to play with last season was, was pretty low. I think where he's had good fortune uh, in the summer, is that obviously the, the, the Kelty, uh conservatory salesman uh, has come on board and some of the budget has become has become much bigger. However, I do think he's I do think he's nailed his, his recruitment very well. Like there was there was certainly positions that needed to be addressed up front. Jack Hamill was done very well at the back, albeit he's missed a, a good bit of the season. Uh, Keith Watson's actually done very well and, and should be back again in uh, two or three weeks. I was a wee bit worried about Kevin Dabrowski in terms of how he dealt with cross balls again. He's had a really good season so far. Didn't I think we needed Josh Mullen? Being in mind we already had Aidan Connolly. He's had a good season. Like pretty much everybody's brought in has done very well. And you look at the, like you look at the starting eleven. And if everybody, if everybody's fit, it's generalised in the case that starts part But I, I do think most people will be back in the next week or two. Like it, it looks pretty good. Like I, I know we spoke at the start this season about how we felt Wraith and, and Partick would do. I thought Rovers would do very well. I don't know if I heard us at second. I also said I thought Partick would, would do quite well. There was always, there was at that point, there was a the rumour that, that Partick's finances weren't great. I, I thought squad-wise, you would have been absolutely fine. In terms of challenging Dundee United, I think there's a bit of a myth in terms of the United strength and depth. I don't think there is any strength and depth. I think they have the best start in 11. I think, you know, Dettling Gallagher, uh, Doherty in midfield, Louis Moult, if they're there, then they have the best team on any given day. If one or two of them start to drop out, then suddenly it looks like they have a good championship team rather than rather than anything else. And I don't think there's too many options off the bench. So, I absolutely huge progression between last season and this season. And I do think if Rafe don't get promoted this season, which obviously That's very possible. I I, I think they've got a chance to get promoted. I still don't necessarily make them favourites to get promoted either by winning the league, of course, or going up by the the playoffs. But I think there is a chance that Ian Murray might be in the the Premiership as a manager next season. I would imagine that he... I mean, I was surprised at Dundee. He was on Dundee's radar in the summer there. I didn't think he'd done anything last season to justify that. However, if there's one or two... Kind of bottom six championship teams need a manager in the summer. Then I would imagine that money will be uh, approached, and I can also imagine them coming across quite well in an interview. So I I don't think unless Rovers get promoted, I think Murray might be at a higher level next season.
1: What do you put the? You've scored quite a, a notable number of late goals this season. What do you put that down to? Do you put that down to the sort of strength and depth of your squad as a sort of notable team spirit there? What do you put that down to?
0: I don't know if it is a thing or just just luck or just a quirk. So I, I do think that there is I think see once you do it once or twice certainly there is a belief amongst the team and the fans but more importantly the team that you can do it again. So yeah. see on like we Wraith were a goal down 2-1 down to Queen's Park earlier in the season and Lewis Vaughan equalised about the 87th minute. Uh, that was in. Been- the first time that I'd seen at Queen's Park make make this weird triple substitution by taking off the of three best players and replacing them with teenagers that have never played before. I was like, hmm, this could benefit us, and, and of course it did, and Wraith went on to win 3-2. Uh, at Hamden. as soon as Wraith equalised, whatever it was, 87 minutes, there was a point where we broke down the left, and after I turned around to, to my pals and I was like, we're going to end up winning this. Even though we're down to 10 men, and we have been doing it at 10 men for an hour. I we're going to win this because we score so many late goals but there's now just a belief and a momentum that we're going to do it and of course we ended up with did. albeit it was a penalty I, I, I totally get that, but then even on Saturday equalised in whatever it was at 86 minute, Lewis Vaughan celebrated the other players kind of went towards him, kind of patted him on the back kind of thing, Sam Stanton ran into the net and got the ball and took it back to the centre circle so that the game could restart quicker so that Wraith had more, more time to score a winner. And I just think that there that is just a belief amongst the players, because they've done it so many times, that they can do it. But that's what I put it down to. I don't think it's to do with fitness. I don't think it's to do with tactics. I don't think it's to do with... I think there was a point earlier in the season where we can bring on, like we had six or seven subs on the bench. And I was like maybe Dylan Eason could come on, Jack Hamilton could come on, uh Sam Stanton could come on, for example. Now it kinda of feels like the, the Stanton Eleven at this moment in time certainly is the strongest players that we could put out there. Yep. Uh but there is just a belief, I think, that that we can do it. So that's that's what I put Saturday down to, certainly that, that win over Inverness. It was just Christ, we do this every week. Thank you yep. we're not do it again this Saturday. And of course, that'll run out. Like they're constantly winning games in the league by one goal. Games in the cup, oddly they're winning by three, two or three or four or whatever. So I, I do think they'll need to like you kind of continue to win games in the last minute of the league and, and win the league. Like you, you need to win games differently. You need to win games more comfortably. Uh, so either they'll do that, or the, the challenge will, will kind of fritter away. But no, I just think there is a, a belief rather than. I think there's a belief and a quirk rather than tactics or fitness
1: or whatever Yeah, We'll have a chat about Friday's game in a minute, we'll chat about a couple of players who have played for both sides David, I know you've picked a, a couple of players out uh, one good for Thistle and one one not so good for quite an outrageous reason, uh, do you want to chat about those players?
2: Yeah, so I mean there's quite a few uh, notable um, Thistle players who played for Ray Fulvers but I went for a bit of an outside one, I went for Kieran Wright, goalie in our League 1 winning season, arguably if he doesn't make the save um, against Deirdre um, we don't win the league we're still in we're basically Falkirk that's basically what we would be so for for that alone um, for making sure we are not Falkirk uh, Keiran Wright has my <laughs> undying love Um <laughs> Also being in a pod, good guy, um, and just you know it, it was him and Sneddon, We didn't have a permanent number one. It was a constant fight for a spot, but they both acquitted themselves, and I thought he was a very he was he was a very good keeper, and I do quite enjoy this uh, sort of oh keeper seems to be a quite a good old firm thing for us. There's a corner hazard as well, who was who was half decent for us, and yeah, I, I don't know, I I really I really enjoy Keiran Wright. Um, he was a valuable part of the League One winning side, and. Yeah, man, good good player. I'll
1: back you up in Kieran Wright. I think he was the nicest player I've spoke to for the pod. He, was, he wouldn't take any credit for the... Because at the time, he'd bro- broken the club record clean sheet run and he was just saying, nope, it's the centre-backs. It's the centre-backs. I was like, oh, what about that save against the Airdrie? I was like, oh, I couldn't have made it without the centre-backs. I was like, well, the centre-backs didn't really help you out in that one. But a uh, very nice guy, good pick. Uh, Sean, do you have any memories of, of Kieran Wright and our Wraith shot?
0: I, so I really like them. So he, he didn't he, he didn't play that many games for us, but I, I thought he was solid, he, like very young. We'd happily have had him back again and he maybe played, I don't know, 10 games for us. But I thought he would have, based on what I saw, I thought, ah, you're going to be a, a decent keeper. Not necessarily going to be a premiership number one or a, a top flight number one, but certainly have like, a decent career, but I'm honest, I'm not entirely sure, like where is he now? Back up somewhere? Uh, but is no based embattled? on what I saw which is what 2018 maybe I, I really liked them. and would happily have had them back but I, he's kind of feels like he's petered out a bit unless I've just missed them.
1: David who else have you picked to have a chat about
0: um, so in terms of worst uh, Fistle player I
2: went for one Gordon DL now I'm not going <laughs> to lie um I know that I am the the pensioner of the podcast and went to a game in 1995. Uh, whereas I don't think any of you went before like the Twin Towers fell. Um, <laughs> maybe Heather, maybe snuck a game in before uh, 9/11. But yeah, so but I don't remember Gordon DL. Um, I never saw him play. Thank fuck. Um, but I I had to I had to we look uh, the team that he was in. It was Benny Rooney. This Fistle team, and I don't know what the fuck Benny Rooney was smoking uh, because that the teams they are putting out were an absolute shambles. It, it, yeah, just dreadful. However, I mean, I'm not really t- picking Gordon D'El for his on the part contribution to Thistle because, frankly, I didn't do much. But um, doing it for his off-the-field contribution, um, this for his interview um, several, several years ago that I would quite like to read a couple of questions out to you. First of all, which away round do you hate most? Broomfield, okay, fair. Could be in ninety degrees in the shade, and it will still be freezing in that we that we shed. They call a pavilion, uh, but Farhill is a close second. But that's because only because I hate everything to do with Partick Thistle. Um, worst moment of your career: signing for Partick Thistle. The fans there hated me from day one and still do. I'd love to sign for them again just to score hundreds of own goals and get them relegated. (laughs) Fans you hate the most. Partick Thistles, followed by those of Partick Thistles Reserves, followed by those of Partick Thistle Boys Club. Um, What uh, least favourite song of all time? Alki, Alki, a cheeky little number written by Thistle fans for me. Don't know what they mean. Best worst scenario. Five years from now. Best scenario, getting Jimmy Nichols job and then dropping him and Herrston. Worst scenario, going to a party at Fistle Supporters Club do and winning the raffle for a terracing season ticket. Uh and my favourite one, what food do you hate the most? Indian curries. I like eating them. It's the three hours in the pan next day that kills me.
1: <laughs> uh, God I like- then,
2: thank you for your service. <laughs>
1: I liked. What do you hate most about your personality? And he just said, "I'm a Moody sod." <laughs> it didn't come through. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I, know. Like. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that whole interview, Sean. I'll send you the clip. I have. I
0: have. read yeah. it about three times and thought it was very funny.
1: <laughs> do you have any memories of him in a race truck?
0: So he is. So I believe if you take out goals scored during wartime, like I, don't, I don't. know. I don't know how the how it works about uh, goals during wartime basically he is a record goal scorer. Uh if you include goals scored during wartime football is something called Norman Haywood. Uh so like when I started going to the Rovers, Dale was a boy that 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 kind of led the kind of led the line. I mean he was ridiculous. Like the amount of goals he scored, quantity and different types of goals like, uh, he scored as well. Like, he was like he was a, a good, good footballer. I think his off-field activities certainly prevented him from from going any further. I mean, he is presumably the only player who his career trajectory maybe ever has and ever will go from Rangers, Man City to East Stirling. Now, I can't imagine anybody's can't imagine anybody's ever going to do that from here on in. Uh, but certainly, Rafe, great player. What I would say is. Uh, I will add a caveat in terms of he went back to Wraith as a manager, went very very poorly, and from what I hear, I don't think there was too many people who were sad to see him go in terms of uh, during his managerial career. So I kind of sullied that a wee bit. But honestly, as a player, uh, I, I must have watched him for whatever it was, eight, nine, ten years, and his goalscoring exploits were quite ridiculous. But but yes, if I was a Partizan fan. I'd be like, all right,
1: what's happening here in terms of that interview? <laughs> David, in terms of sort of modern day players, who can you see giving an interview like that in, in 10, 15 years' time?
2: Oh, Jack Stoderl, like his first name in the team sheet. I absolutely don't know. But I'm, I'm trying to think of, um, I don't know, I feel like Gary Harkins could very much
1: pull that out. <laughs> no, Although I think no, Gary, Gary Harkins... Harkins still turns up for of he does,
2: but I think he. I think I think the thing is, is you need to question the the authenticity of this. Frankly, this hate crime against Fissel. Um, I I could I could see Gary Harkins turning up in a program one week, and just doing this for a laugh. But in terms of seriousness, I don't know. Jack Stoner, he he called Matt Wallace a fat cunt. <laughs> um and said he hope we get relegated. I mean he's my player of the decades uh for the twenty tens just for that alone. But um yeah, I uh, <laughs> um I, I feel like Storer has some sort of what's it? Is it James English? I feel like he's going to end up on one of those stupid fucking channels um, and they'll go talk about, when he, like, when he's like heavy into punting crypto or something like that and then James English picks up like he's a fascinating character because he punched a bin at Clifton Hill um, is the, and
0: then is it the James was it the James English podcast that I had something on recently that said that they were like an expert on the bible and then they brought out a quote and it was Winston Churchill <laughs> <laughs> I, it was, it was. <laughs> I think I was a James English podcast Sounds great, I've never
1: watched it, sounds great <laughs>
0: um, Yes, yeah, so I think Jack Storer's definitely
2: got one in his locker for that What about you?
1: Uh, oh, I was. thought I, so I had Ricky Forster in my head But I think Jack Storer's more likely Sorry, Richard Foster uh, I think Jack Storer's more likely um, Sean, any players you want to have a chat about?
0: Uh, so see in terms of like my favourite kind of Wraith, Parthic player, it kind of has to be Brian Graham. I know it's quite an obvious one, but like his, his uh, two years at Wraith was, was quite interesting because we we went for Morton and it was like, oh, fine, right, okay, like it hadn't necessarily, wasn't a name that necessarily stuck out when we signed him and then like he ended up scoring, I think it was 29 league goals across two seasons, which sounds decent. But see, between August of the first season and the middle of February, I think he only had be three or four league goals. So basically, he ended up scoring whatever it was, 25, 26, across a season and a third, maybe. And what had happened was he was he was all energy, he got wired in, but his finishing seemed to be like dreadful. I was like, well, like right, okay. And the, the, the news was he had to go for that. I think it was a, I'm sure it was a double hernia operation. Maybe the end of January-ish, middle of January-ish, in his first season. I like, well, He won't be missed because he does score any goals. I he gets wired in. I he clobbers folk with his elbows. i he's got a decent partnership with, with John Baird. But in terms of goal scoring-wise, he's just, he's not up to it. Came back in the middle of February and then quite simply did not stop scoring between February of his first season and then kinda of April May of his last season. And he just he was he kinda of went from being not necessarily not not disliked, but just nobody had much of an opinion of him. They they thought he had jaggy elbows and and was tall. <laughs> and that was that was what people thought about him. To then but by the end of his tenure at Wraith Rovers, people thought he was absolutely class. And like wherever he's been since, I okay, Dungeon United maybe wasn't great, Hibbs wasn't great, uh, but everywhere else has been, even St Johnson, which I think was in the top flight, he's just scored goals. So, I, it's been a long time since he was at Wraith Rovers, but I do think that most Wraith Rovers fans would still kind of applaud him or give him the time of day or be, like if it was to come back, would be absolutely delighted. So I, I think most Wraith fans, uh, even though he hasn't been there for a long time, would would applaud Brian Graham for his efforts. He's certainly, the final 18 months, and even even the first kind of six months or so were, were very, very, very good. And like he's still class, he's still class apart.
1: Patrick class and what is he now, 37? Yep. Um, I, w- I was actually going to ask you, when we play Morton, it it's always seems to be a sort of grudge game for Graham, he gets stick, I'm sure you've seen in recent he's mm-hmm. got yep. card as well. Um, do you think it's just the goal record? Because it never sort of feels like that when he goes back to play race, do you think that's just because of the goals record and how fondly he is remembered?
0: I, I I don't think his goal-scoring record at Morton was that good. So certainly, certainly compared to that start starts back, I think it was, I think he scored something like 38 goals in all competitions in, in two seasons, but, which sounds okay, but bear in mind, he, he barely had any in his first six months. It was that last kind of 18 months or so, but he was absolutely dynamite. So I, Rafe fans, I kind of hold him in very high esteem. So aye, I, I think he'll, they would applaud him and not and not boo him and, and give them dog's abuse like like
1: those, uh, those green <laughs> Uh Sorry what, to bring us what, back, David, but um, Robbie Muirhead would definitely do a, a Gordon DL-style interview. That would be my... Oh,
2: be my yeah. Um, absolutely. I absolutely. I was going to say, would you have the same feelings towards Brian Graham if he did a Zach Ruddon cup in eight years after we beat you 1-0 on
0: the fog on Saturday? <laughs> but I... Uh my 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 res- my respect for him would dip, but then I didn't have much respect for J- Zach Rudden before that point.
1: Uh Sean, I, do you have a, a player that you do not have fond memories of who have played for both clubs?
0: Uh so I uh so I was kind of kind of betwixt and between with this. So initially I had thought about Andy Walker. But I occurred to myself, when I kind of looked at his his record with both clubs, he'd barely played for any of them. So I was like, right, well, that's, that quite simply won't do. So like I, I think he was on loan maybe at Partick Thistle. Barely played any games, certainly. And then he only played about seven games for us. I guess, right, well, I can't have Andy Walker. But basically the reason I, I was going to go for Andy Walker was because <laughs> it's got a weird thing. So the, the local newspapers, a Fifey Press, and they've always given... Unusually for about like two or three seasons they always had three points for the best player, two points for the second and, and one point for the third best player. That's how they done their player of the year. But then inexplicably, over the course of about uh three seasons, they decided to mark every player out of ten. And bear a mind of like fifty press, it was like what's the what's a French newspaper that's always oh, very strict. Le so, keep Le yeah. keep. Yeah. Like, so there's still like Le Keep. But see when Andy Walker like I was writing, I was writing something. I can't remember who, who I was writing it for, but I went back. I went to the library. I looked at all the old newspapers, and I, I looked at what Andy Walker's average score was over his seven appearances or whatever it was. And bear in mind, like, literally, if you see if you had a bad game, like five would give you six. You got six out of ten. Uh, Andy Walker's average score was three point two. Right, which is quite remarkable. But that's, I was like, right, well, he he hasn't played enough, enough games for us and Patrick Thistle, therefore I can't even go for him. So um, I would go for somebody else. Why I've went for him is basically to non-footballing reasons, and I'm actually going to apologise in advance, because although he played a few games for Wraith, and although I basically I didn't pick Andy Walker, even though he barely played any games for Patrick Thistle, I don't think this player has played any games for Patrick Thistle. <laughs> so, so this is like, like a terrible player. I've ever Chris Duggan. Yeah, I can tell by the silence that you uh, <laughs> that you're surprised by this. This is, this is somebody who was on your books for about three years in two thousand six uh, two thousand thirteen to two thousand sixteen. Uh, don't know if he racked up uh, many performances. I'll tell you why I have uh, went from as my least favourite Wraith Rovers Partick Thistle player. He signed for Wraith on the back of a, a very good season for his fife. We were in League One at the time. He was progressing from part time football to to full time football. I felt it was a good signing. But I remember being sat behind him at uh, Oakville View. He was either suspended or injured. And I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but one of my least favourite things, so I say two of my least favourite things when it comes to behaviours in public. One is watching your mobile phone without earphones. Now, he didn't yep. do that, but I do dislike that. But just behind that is uh, sniffing. So Chris Duggan spent the entire 90 minutes sniffing really loudly, but then going above and beyond that by, you know when guys do that thing where they snort? So they really clear their nose and and uh, kind of nasal area, nasal passage area. But then you think, right, well, what, what are you going to do with those snutters? Like you've really, you've inhaled them back. So what are you going to do with them? He presumably just swallowed them but he done that for 90 minutes I was like oh I don't think I like you very much so he, he barely made any appearances he he didn't warrant a full time contract but over and above that his nasal passages really offended me for 90 minutes at Oakville View and that is why I went for Chris Duggan
1: David if Chris Duggan walked by you in the street and, and slapped you while stuffing, <laughs> could you point could you point him out could you give a, a sort of solid ID to the police if he did that what, what Chris Duggan, <laughs> Fistle Legend. Um yeah.
2: no, uh I don't think so. The only re- the only reason I have ever heard of Chris Duggan, genuinely, right, is because um I done an article for the programme <clears throat> last week and uh, Chris Duggan got tripped up against Glenn Toden in a friendly in a game that Dylan scored that's not in his goal tally. That is the only yes. time hey, I've hey, ever heard hey, let's of he did in a friendly in Northern <laughs> Ireland.
0: Um, so, let's, yeah, listen, I, I just want over. to apologise. I I literally thought that Andy Walker wasn't good enough because he only played a handful of games for Patrick Thistle and I've ended up with a Chris Duggan who played no games for Patrick Thistle. He wasn't in your books. He wasn't in your books. And he played a friendly. So, I, I feel I feel everything's fine.
1: He, he signed in September 2013 and they didn't make any appearances, including friendlies, until July 14. And he's made six appearances in friendlies and then no competitors. So, yeah. No, I I couldn't ID him, David, either. So, no, that's a good pick. We'll go with that. Chris Duggan. I want to have a chat about Ryan Stevenson. I've not looked into this in any detail, so this might be complete pish, but I reckon he might be the only player to, outfield player to have played in goals for multiple (coughs) clubs in, in Scottish football, certainly in recent history. I can't think of anyone else. I can't think of anyone else in any football who's done that. Uh, Sean, I mean, what, it's
2: not the icebreaker I'd use for Ryan Stevenson, to be honest, Matt, but, you know, I won't I'll go there. it.
1: <laughs> well, we'll come on to it as uh, other endeavours later on then, David. But, Sean, what was that game like when, when Stevenson played at a full 90 goes for you? Because it was just five, ten minutes at the end of a game where Scully gets sent off for us. But what, would, what was it like to have an outfielder in for 90 minutes? So, I... Th- so naivety
0: for me, I suppose, so bear in mind, like we started that season so well, like at one point we were fourth, and someone like, like it was an outrageous amount of points clear of St Merton, who would eventually finish above us and relegate us, but like, well, like, I was so unworried about the prospect of finishing ninth or tenth, because obviously the rumours were coming through, of we don't have a goalkeeper, might have to start a game against a United with uh, an outfielder and goes, I wanted that to happen. But I, I genuinely like, wanted it to happen because it was like, well, right, that's that's very funny. Like, nobody else is going to do that. So, I, I, we if I want anybody to do I want Rovers to do it. I, I want us to be remembered for it. Ultimately, you could argue that we got relegated because of it. But the other thing I would say is, by some margin, it was Ryan Stevenson's best game for us. And I'm not even... <laughs> Like, I know it sounds like I'm, I'm saying that for like humour purposes or trying to crack a joke. It was his best game by a mile. Like, he, he started a few games up front, terrible. He, he might have come on as a sub and scored an equaliser against somebody or a winner against somebody. I can't remember. But he was honestly, I mean, he was he was done. He was done by a million miles. And the the warm-up in that game, taking shots at him, everything was going in. <laughs> like, everything. You're like, my goodness, this is going to be 9-0. And then he made, like a, I kind of, he made a good save for somebody after about five minutes. And I was like, oh, hello. It kind of looks like he knows how to dive at least. So that's a start. But then he wasn't, he wasn't under that much pressure. And he had like maybe three three decent saves that that you wouldn't necessarily expect a, an outfielder to make, but you would expect a goalkeeper to make. He made them. And I was like, well, oh, wait a minute. I see, I might not be that bad. And then suddenly, Rovers kind of grew in confidence. That maybe we don't have a total haddy, we don't have to sit in the 18-yard box for 90 minutes. Maybe we can we can attack, and yeah, United really started to. They panicked, and and you could see how it affected, like the the United players. I, I really hope we don't play in a game where a striker is playing in goals and we don't score any goals, and you could tell that affected them a wee bit. Ultimately, United won 1-0, but there is a reason that being in mind that's the Gary Locke, John Hughes season. Like, there is a reason that yeah United still finished below us that term, and it's because of games like that. I mean, Air were terrible. Uh, but I, that was that was very, very funny. But um, I'm not saying ironically or, or for a joke. That was Ryan Stevenson's best performance in a way through over Jersey, and he maybe played 11 games.
1: David, if, if Jamie Snedden and David Mitchell both get injured this week, and w- we can't recall Mason McSweetie Day due to some... SPFL red tape and we can't get permission from the schools for the youth academy goalkeepers uh, what this players like to see in goals on Friday
2: well our inherent problem is I remember last season me and Jackie Senegal went to a game with his pal uh, his pal's a Celtic fan and he just turned to me after 10 minutes and go why are all your team wee and I was like what heavy said they're all heavy wee they're really, they're really small we seem to be a, quite a small team outside of maybe Brian Graham I think Brian Graham in goals, I mean, he'd be too pumped up for it. He'd go, he'd go for everything. Um, he gets set off. We, he gets, yeah, he would, he gets off, or he would, he would go up for corners in like the forty-second minute. Like he'd absolutely uh, just. And you're put, winning one nil. <laughs> uh, you're winning one nil, and he's going up <laughs> trying to get, get go for corners. So maybe not him. I thought Stevie Lawless might be quite funny, but he is quite wee, and I don't think I want... I mean, I've played in goals at Farrill and it's frightening. And somebody said, I looked at the smallest person alive. I can't imagine Steve Lawless doing that much better. Um, I don't know, maybe Banzo. Get, get Banzo on, on, uh, in goals. That'd be a good laugh.
1: I'd be, I'd be the only position Banzo's not played. I think I'd go Muirhead. I think if you've got a chance, where well, you're called mental, you should take the gloves for, for at least one game in your career. Um, David, any memories of Stevenson in a thistle shot? I was sort of got the impression with Stevenson, I know he scored some big goals for us, but I got the impression he sort of felt like he was at for Hill doing us a favour and didn't really want to be there. don't know if you've got any fonder memories of him.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, he kind of nailed it. He, he did score some half decent goals, but he did very much feel a bit above us.
0: Any follow, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, any follow Ryan Stevenson on Instagram? No.
2: Sadly, I believe in vaccines, so it is not really get much of a, a pull for me these days. I I
0: mean, I mean, thankfully I don't follow him. However, thankfully I, I know people that do. Therefore, feed me, uh, feed me images and, of, of what he is, uh, what he's put on Instagram. And I don't think it was a beast for the East, but it was, it was when Scotland was really struggling under the burden of dreadful weather, and let's say it was, I don't know, nine o'clock at night. And Ryan Stevenson was taking a picture out the front of his car to say, a wee bit of snow won't stop me, here we go, something like that. And then literally literally 14 hours later, he was still stuck on a motorway saying, what the fuck, what the fuck, can't believe this. I was like, well, see, 14 hours ago, and there was a red weather warning about the fact you shouldn't venture out. That, that also applied to you, Ryan. Uh, so that, that's, again, a person yes. us. Uh, good and goals, though. Good and goals.
2: Though. I would say, is it a thankfully? You go, thankfully, I know people who follow a
0: flat Earth on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, bear in mind, there's like about five folk, uh, at least five folk on the, the terrace that, that support hearts. So, yes, you can bet your bottom dollar <laughs> there's people in there that, that follow Ryan Stevenson. <laughs> I, I don't have to, thankfully.
1: <laughs> uh, we'll move on from Ryan Stevenson. I will finish up with a chat about Friday's game then. Uh, Sean, I'll come to you first. Where do you think the, the key areas are on the pitch in terms of sort of strengths and weaknesses for both teams and a score prediction?
0: Uh okay, so is is Brian Graham available? Like does anybody know this? Like what was Nobody his knows this. <laughs> like obviously he was dismissed against Morton, but was it one game? Was it was it a booking and a red card? Was it two red cards? Because I've read about that. Like what what exactly is happening with Brian Graham? The last apparently I heard...
2: he was I think he was given a caution for inciting a riot or he could have incited a riot. <laughs> I don't know whether that was the original red or whether it was something
1: afterwards. But he was look. he was on a yellow card and then he got subbed off. Was given a straight red card and then after he'd been given a straight red card, come back out of the tunnel and was then given a second yellow card. So I think he did end really? up with. I think he did end up with two red cards, but I, I have no idea if he's. Av- I would imagine if, if that was the case, he's not available. But we went to meet the manager tonight about ten days ago, and he said he was told that, but they were they hadn't seen the referee's report yet. Right,
0: okay. Uh, I, I I think on paper we have a slightly stronger squad than Paddock Thistle, albeit I think Thistle have like Thistle have a good squad. We have. Quite a good home record against Thistle, would seem to be in good form, as do Patrick Thistle, to be fair. I, I don't think Wraith will get beat. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw. I would slightly fancy our chances to, to sneak a win, especially if you're winning with, like, five minutes to go. Uh, but certainly if Brian Graham is suspended, which I suppose was, like, the, the point I was trying to try to work out, but I suppose nobody knows. If Brian Graham isn't playing... I know Adeloy wasn't playing at the weekend and I know like Diac had a good game. I I would I would seriously fancy our chances if if your two first choice strikers aren't playing, albeit I appreciate Diek had a uh, had a good game. So I will I will tentatively go for a a
1: Wraith Rovers win, probably by a single goal because that's how we win every single league game. David, jogging up on Friday, what sort of game are you expecting? It was quite an open game in the opening day of the season.
2: Yeah, it was. Um I'm interested to see. After the Airdrie game this week where I think very much Airdrie had a number in the first game of the season against them and then we learned lessons and we managed to impose a game a wee bit more. It, it does very much come down to who can impose whose game on there. Um, I'm interested to see how we line up against this Rafe side. I think it is a bit of a marker to see where we will be this season. If we can get some sort of result Great, it shows that we are sort of in the mix to lose the playoff final in heartbreaking fashion at Dingwall again. Um, but you know, uh, if, if we don't win it, you know, we'll, we'll lose to Inverness in the quarterfinals, it'll be fine. But, um, yeah, I don't know, I think you have to remember that we do have the modern day Romario and with and uh, Rico Diak and Blair Alston, the two greatest pure strikers in the history of all football. So, um, I am going to go. One uh, one nil. fistle, Blair Alston using some sort of like you know how when like snooker you get those snooker trick shot players and you get like Steve Davis to pot six blacks into like different pockets at the same time. Whatever the football equivalent of that is, that's what Blair Alston is going to score.
1: <laughs> uh, Sean. Very lastly, I know I just said lastly, he, he did say at the start of the podcast, which seems a very long time ago. You've been, well, yes. generous, <laughs> you've been generous with your time about um your the goals you've seen it for Hill and, uh, yeah. and a chant. Uh, if we could hear those stories.
0: So it was, yeah, so the, let's start with the chant. So seeing the, it was the mid-90s, were both trying to escape relegation from a top flight, and remember Patrick Thistle fans at Starts Park singing uh Sheepshagging Bastards, you're only Sheepshagging Bastards. I was like, this is, this is really weird. I've never, I've never heard that before about, about Wraith Rovers either before or since, but that's, that's what they were singing the duration of the game. Like I know, I know Fife is is quite agricultural, quite empty, a lot of farmlands, I suppose. But I've never heard of any of Wraith or any 15 for that matter described as sheep shagging bastards. So that was quite unusual.
2: If if anything, of a you as fish shagging bastards or <laughs> sheep shagging bastards.
0: I wouldn't say Cacody was necessarily a. I mean, I suppose a lino shagging bastards, linoleum shagging bastards <laughs> rather than fish. Or sheep, but regardless, that that's what was uh, that's what was uh, shouted that day. See, in terms of my favourite day at, uh, at, at for Hill. so uh, the season that Wraith won the the League Cup, that always gets like the most attention, and, and rightly so. But see, in terms of the league, like Wraith had just been relegated from the top flight. I mean, they had been dreadful between like kind of August and I don't know December or whatever, and then they just went on a tear. So they went like 16 games unbeaten or whatever it was, but won the majority of them. Dunfermline went a lot of games unbeaten, but drew loads. So Dunfermline, we kind of reeled Dunfermline in. Second last day of the season, we played the pars. If we'd beat them at Stars Park, we'd have won the league. Ended up a draw, which meant that all we required on the last day of the season was a draw against Hamilton, away for home, that Hamilton played at Fur Hill. So it was like helicopter Saturday, so we needed a draw against Hamilton. Didn't matter what Dunfermline did if we got that draw, so we ended up drawing with Hamilton at Far Hill. so we won the league uh, in Maryhill. So that was that was why I'd, I've always had a, a soft spot for the for the venue. And in terms of my favourite, one of my favourite goals that Raith Rovers have conceded, I this is very difficult to find online, so I, I, I tried to find that again. I had to put a shout out for it on Pine Bovril, and somebody's had it saved to their phone, so I don't know if it's necessarily. On like YouTube or whatever. I think I think Patrick Thistle or some kind of Patrick Thistle stats site or whatever tweeted it out within the last 18 months or so. There was a goalkeeper called Ali Brown that played for Wraith Rovers at the time. It was at Starts Park. Uh, he was on loan from Hibbs. Bear, bear in mind if during that, that phase, 2005 2006, if you're not good enough for Hibbs, my goodness, you, you must be bad. Uh, but I don't know who it was that took a shot, some kind of lanky guy with fair hair, it hit the inside of one post, and then just travelled along the line, hit the inside of other post, but bounced away. So well, that's fine, just just get yourself up, run along, pick it up. Inexplicably, he decided to career into it, kick it over the line to, to, to give Patrick Thistle a goal, but then he did that Berigeti thing, so he pretended he'd collided with a post, Actually, he hadn't. He so he pretended he was injured, but it was, it was always a total lie. He was just so embarrassed at the fact that he just kicked in the ball into the net to get past as a goal. He, he pretended he'd like done his shinning. It was done wrong with him.
2: Very funny. I just need to ask: uh, the game last season and the final game of the season, there was lots of weird adverts in the men's toilets from Rafe Town Council. Yes. Have you found anything else about this? Because I, I I think about it on probably
0: like a, a bi daily basis. <laughs> nobody knows nobody knows anything about them but there is still one up uh, in the the home toilets and I seen that about three weeks ago but it's the first time you've seen any very very funny
1: it's, it's very good uh, Sean David thank you very much for joining me thank you for listening to Draw Lose, or Draw we will be back later in the week to review our 2-1-1 over Airdrie and preview Friday's trip to Kirkcony in the meantime stay safe